We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. Today, if you'll allow me just a few moments, I want to preach you on this subject, and I want you to just just give me give me a little bit of grace in the very beginning here, because when I say the title of this message, some of y'all are not going to like it, but just, just give me some grace for a moment. This morning, I'd like to preach to you on this subject, abracadabra. Abracadabra. Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this moment together. I pray that you would speak to us today through your word. Grow us, mature us, teach us, give us wisdom. God, because I believe today that you are going to do something mighty and miraculous in this house. Help us not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. And we'll be so careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, Abracadabra. The phrase abracadabra is very familiar to all of us. We've all seen a magician pull a rabbit out of a hat at some point or turn a wand into a bouquet of flowers, uh, a dove fly out of someone's coat and heard the words abracadabra in some way, form, or fashion. Now, uh, it's not lost on me. I did not do this on purpose to preach this the first Sunday of October, which is the harvest month and the month in which uh, a lot of people celebrate Halloween. We do not celebrate Halloween. Okay? We do have a trunk or treat for our community, but we're not bringing in no hobgoblins and no demons and no devils and no witches. No, sir. We, we connected to, to, to something wholesome, we connected to something that is good. We connected to something that the community can come and have a safe place to bring their children and not be exposed to a bunch of garbage. Amen. And uh, speaking of the word abracadabra, um, this is a word that magicians use. Um, now, earlier this week, I was listening to a podcast and a man was talking about... Um, different um, uh, sleight of hands, illusionist, talking about how illusionists are, are able to um, create a something in someone's mind that doesn't exist, but in your mind, you know, from, from where you're sitting in the crowd or maybe in a, in, you know, a show somewhere, it looks like it's this, you know, and, and, and you believe it and your mind wants to believe it. And he was talking about the word abracadabra, that the magician will say abracadabra. And he said, actually, the word abracadabra is a Aramaic word originating from a Hebrew word, two parts, avracadabra. And what this means in Aramaic and Hebrew is this. The word abracadabra means when I speak, I create. It means as I speak, I am creating. And a magician will try to get you to believe the illusion of 
abracadabra, and I'm creating this rabbit out of my hat. Abracadabra, I'm creating this bouquet of flowers out of the end of my wand. Abracadabra, I'm levitating in the air. All an illusion. But the word abracadabra literally means as I speak, I create. There's only one person who can really say abracadabra. It's the one who spoke and said, let there be, and there was. Out of nothing, out of nothingness, the Bible says that the earth was without form and it was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was nothing there. And as Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, uh, later, much, much, many, many years later, as God gave him a vision of creation, as Moses writes, he writes, in the beginning, I told the first service, it's hard for me to say that verse anymore because of that meme of that dude saying, in the beninging. In the beninging. So I got to really think about saying, in the beginning, because if I was to mess up and say the other one, Isaac would never let me live it down. So in the beginning, this is how Moses will write this, that where it started, where, where the conceptual concept of man started. My, when God gives Moses, this vision of the beginning, he shows him this is where it began, and there was nothing. The earth was formless. There was no structure. There was no, no rhyme, no reason. There was just darkness, and there was water that covered the entire earth, and it was no, no form, no structure. And then the Bible says that God moved on the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light and the lights came on there was no switch that he hit there was no plug that he plugged in uh, there was no fire that he made there was no match struck there was no light bulb twisted in out of nothing God just said let there be abracadabra and it was when he spoke he created now, we know if we continue to read the book of Genesis that there will be a time when he creates the sun and the moon, separates the night from day. But at this point, there is no sun. There is no moon that we know in creation. There's just light. Let there be light with no light bulb. There's light. With no burning star that we call the sun, there is no light. It's just light. Light is just there. Light has to be there because when God says it, it has to be. All through Genesis 1, God will say, God will speak, and God will say, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. And it wasn't over time when God said, let there be trees, that a seed wasn't planted and God waited for the tree. No, it was a full-grown tree, full-grown elephant, full-grown bass, full-grown horse, full-grown giraffe, full-grown mosquito. I don't know why he did that, but he did it. It was just there in its place, in its time, in its season. God just spoke it, and it was because when he speaks, he creates. Oh, hallelujah. God is the only one that can truly today say abracadabra because when his mouth opens, what he says must happen. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, that God cannot lie. Well, I, I don't know if I necessarily believe that in the totality of the concept that God cannot lie 
because God has said things about me that I know are not true. He said, I'm a royal priesthood. Nay, nay. He said, I'm a chosen generation. He called me a man of God. He called me into ministry. I knew that those things were not true about me, but it's not that God can't lie. It's that if God says it, it has no other option than to be it. Oh, even if it wasn't true, if God said it, it becomes true. Even if it wasn't right, when God said it, it became right. I'm telling somebody that everything that God said about you is yea and amen. Every promise that he made is yea and amen. Every word is line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. If God said it, then you can take it to the bank. Because when God speaks, God creates. Even if it isn't, it will be. He said, I speak those things that are not as though they were. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. What has God said about you that you don't agree with yet? But you have no other choice than to understand if God said it, then it has to be what it is. Because God is not a man that he should lie, and when he speaks, he creates. If it wasn't there before, it'll be there now. If God called you, if God gave you the vision, then as he spoke the vision, the provision was being created. Because when his word comes, oh hallelujah, God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. Because when he called you, his call begin to create something in you, a desire, a pull. Who am I preaching to today? It didn't even exist in you until God said it. You didn't even know you had it until God said it. You didn't even know it was in there until God said it. Oh, hallelujah. We had our Timothy project this morning at 7 a.m. And the only kid in the room who didn't want to preach is one of the ones that did the best. He didn't, he didn't want to come up and, and, and take his little five minutes of fire that we gave him this morning at 7 a.m., early in the morning. He had text and said, if you could, please don't call me. I didn't know he had sent that text, and the first one I called was him. And he got up, and what he didn't know was there what he couldn't imagine himself doing. He didn't know it even existed. But when God called that young man to preach the gospel, something was created in him that he cannot shake. He can't get it off of him. You can't shake it off because when God says it, abracadabra, it already is. Hey! You, I may not feel it in me, but if God sees it in me and God speaks it in me, I don't care every devil in hell got to get out of my way because it is what God said it is. Uh, abracadabra. If you continue to read the book of Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that there's a time when God begins to create something else. He doesn't speak it. He forms it. It's a man. He says, let's, let's make man in our own image. Let's, let's make him like, like us. And he gave man something that he didn't give any other creature. The ability to communicate to talk to have conscience he gave us a voice say well you know a bird has a voice and you know a donkey has a voice and they you know they make noises i understand that they do make noises uh, and animals do have a way of communicating to themselves but man has a way of communicating to themselves and to god 
God gave Adam the ability to talk to him. He gave Adam the voice. Well, he didn't give anything else. He gave Adam a voice. And he didn't give Adam a voice to talk to Eve because Eve wasn't created yet. He gave Adam the ability to communicate before he gave him a helpmeet. Who was he going to talk to? The mosquitoes? No, he gave him a voice so that he could talk to God. And in the cool of the day, God would come and meet Adam. And they would, the Bible says, commune. Yeah, that's where we get the word communicate from. They would talk to one another. There was a speaking engagement because when God created man, he created you to say something. That's why we struggle with silence because we were not genetically designed to be quiet. Hear me. Uh, husbands, that's why your wife struggles with your silence. Not because she's needy, but because God put in her a genetic design. She needs you to talk. I got three claps and, and I got three claps and seven laughs. People just laughing. <laughs> you couldn't clap because your hand was busy elbowing them, right? We are designed to communicate. We have to talk. Communication is powerful because when you speak, you create. Oh, yes. When God created you, he created you with the innate ability to speak and things happen. Oh, hallelujah. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21 says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. You fill your belly by what you say. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Woo! You can talk your way into some good things. But then in verse 21, he says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Yeah. Life and death are in the power of your words. Your belly will be full from the fruit of your mouth. Your life will be filled with the treasures of your lips because God gave you an ability to create when you speak. Things change when you talk about it. Things happen when you open up and you begin to speak. Uh, here's what our world will call it today, our, our, our culture, our society, the humanistic view is if you speak positive, it'll be positive. Yeah. The, the, the humanistic view of the world today is, hey, you know, you just speak it into the universe and it comes back to you. Whatever you speak is what it will be. Well, they didn't make that up. They stole that. Here's what bothers me is because this is a principle. This is a Genesis 1 principle. This is a creative principle. God said, and there was. This is, so this is a creative principle of the power of the spoken word. And it bothers me that the world is more in tune with God's principles than the church is in tune with God's principles. Y'all not hearing me right now. Because the world's out there using what God designed for you. They're using it for their own good. They're using it for their own self. They're using it for their own benefit. And guess what, baby? It's working. 
Someone say, oh, that don't work. Yes, it does work too. They ain't got to have the Holy Ghost. They don't even have to know God. But the principle works because it's a principle. If they want to be saved, they need to know the law and they need to know God. But if they want to use God's principles, all they have to do is obey the principle. Oh, come on, somebody. And the world is out here using stuff that God meant for us to use, but we don't use it. We run around here, pity party, millie-mouthed. And I'm not here today to preach you some hype message about positive thinking. No, no, no. This is about speaking the word of God. And as you speak, you will create. I come to preach to you today, abracadabra. When you speak, you create. And whatever you want in your life, you better start speaking it. Ah, uh, I don't. Oh, hallelujah. This is why Jesus told the devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What are you living by? Are you living by what your hands can toil to make? Or are you living by the words that are coming out of the mouth of God? Because those words are creative. And when you speak what God spoke, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. When you speak over yourself what God has already spoke over you there ain't nothing the devil can do to stop it uh, but all you want to do is talk about how you ain't this and you ain't that and you're not worthy and you can't this and you can't that and as long as you keep talking that way you're right but I come to declare to you today if you'll say Lord I know I may not feel it but I'm preaching it I'm speaking it I shall be made whole I shall be healed it shall come to pass I shall live and not die I will perform everything you called me to do I will walk in holiness I will walk in peace I will be healed who am I preaching to today? You've been saying enough bad about yourself. Why don't you say some good about yourself and speak what God has already spoken about you? Yay! Woo. We have to be careful what we say because what you say holds weight. I'm not up here doing no new age preaching. This is old age preaching. This is Old Testament preaching today. You're getting a biblical view of the power of your words. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We all know that's a lie now. I knew that was a lie when I was a kid because I'd rather my mama beat the fire to me. Let me go back and play. Now sit down and give me a whole lecture about why I shouldn't be running around the house with mud on my feet. Like just, just, just put the, just beat the brakes off me. Let me go. I can handle that. But we, my mama sit you down, start talking, start crying, wind up praying, laying hands on you, rebuking the devil off of you. And then you wind up crying, speaking in tongues, get the Holy Ghost again. You come back outside, your friend said, what's wrong with you? You, you? Did you get spanked? Oh, no, I wish I did. I just want to tell everybody here right now that Jesus loves you. Yeah. We've got to be careful what we say. Careful what we speak. 
Here's, here's how uh, David would say it in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 141, beginning in verse 2. Here's what he said. He said, let my prayer be set forth, be set forth before thee as increase, and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Watch verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. <laughs> he said, Lord, if you don't mind, would you put a guard at the front of my mouth? And let it keep the door of my lips. Ooh, some of y'all need a guard. Oh, don't look at him. Just keep looking at me. Just keep looking at me. Some of y'all done messed up, looked around. You're not supposed to do that. Not in church. Just keep looking at the preacher. That way nobody knows I'm talking about him. Some of us need a guard over our lips. We need something at the door that says, oh, don't say that. Because that will cut. Those are wounds. You will create when you say that. If you say that over your kids, you'll create that. If you say that over your marriage, you'll create that. Be careful. Don't say that over your friendships. You'll create that. Be careful. Don't speak that over your finances. You'll create that. I, I cringe when people say, I, I, I'm just not good at things. I cringe. I'm like, you're right. And you ain't never going to be. Because you believe you're not. And when you said it, you created it. Mm. How, how many problems are you walking in today that the only thing that created the problem was your voice? You just said it and you believed it. It wasn't true. It wasn't real. Never happened. But you said it. Now you believe it. Got in your heart, got up in your head, came out your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Oh, hallelujah. We got to say, God, put a guard over my mouth because I can't get the words back. Listen, you will think a lot of things, but stop saying what you think. Because it has no power till you say it. You may think it, and the enemy may put it in your mind, but until you say it, it holds no weight. There's no power till you speak it. Oh, hear me. You got to, listen, the, the, the enemy wants to fill you with a bunch of stuff so you'll say it. Like, if I take a nine millimeter pistol, and I take it, and I feel the clip, six or 15 in the clip, one in the chamber, and I put that gun together, it's just a paperweight until I pull the trigger. I might be able to club you in the head with it. Or I could take one of them bullets and throw it at you as hard as I can. And it might hurt you, maybe. But if I pull the trigger, that bullet leaves that barrel and it will never come back. And the power of velocity of that bullet can do grave damage to people. It can destroy the enemy, yes, but it can also destroy your friendships. Some, some of y'all don't know this, but your husband is bleeding because you done shot him full of holes with your words. You don't know this, but your wife is dying right now. Blood all over the house because you have shot them with your words. Some of y'all don't know this, but your children are wounded today because of the words, the bullets in the gun. 
I, listen, listen, you can't, sometimes you can't control the world putting those bullets in you. You can't because family and friends and situation and finances and jobs and bosses and dumb people. Just out here in droves. Multitudes of them. No cure for it. They just fill your life with all this stuff that you can say. But you have to know where to put that at. I was telling the first service in the military when I was in Iraq, uh, you know, we all, we all walking around with all these guns. Everywhere we go, just guns everywhere. I got a pistol here. I got my M4 carbine right here. I'm carrying my 240 Bravo if I leave my truck. I'm carrying enough ammo and enough weapons to start a small war by myself. If Rambo would have had as many guns as I had, there would just be one movie, just Rambo 1. That's it. But because he couldn't get his hands on everything, there's like 17 of them now. But, but everywhere you go in Iraq, every building you walk into where you're going to the talk, JSOC, whatever it is, a cafeteria, um, the defect, wherever you go, outside of every building that you would go into, there would be an NCO, a non-commissioned officer, a sergeant of some type, standing beside a massive barrel. And, if you, and the barrel would be at an angle. And if you look down in the barrel, they had dug out a big hole and filled it with sandbags. And they called that a clearing barrel. And before you could get it, the NCO would not let you in the building until you took every weapon you had, took, took all the bullets out of it, emptied the chamber. You would have to let the NCO look in the chamber to make sure there's no round in there. You have to say weapon clear, chamber clear. You have to say that to them, weapon clear, chamber clear. They look in, they see it. They would make you close the chamber. You would stick the empty gun in that barrel and pull the trigger. Because they wanted to make sure that the hammer had failed on that weapon. You would secure that weapon and only then could you go in the building. Until there was empty, you couldn't go in. You had a clearing barrel to clear all the ammunition before you went in. Because if you went in and something happened, the gun fell out, dropped on the floor, whatever it is. Somebody come brush by you and pull the trigger on that weapon. You could hurt somebody who wasn't supposed to be hurt. Friendly fire. And God gave us a clearing barrel. It's called prayer. Because prayer is where I let it all out at. It's a safe place to let the hammer fall. Ain't nobody hearing me right now. Prayer is the only safe place to clear my weapon, which is my mouth. Oh, some of y'all got a sharp mouth. Oh, some of y'all got a BB gun for a mouth and some of y'all got a bazooka for a mouth. But the prayer is the only place that is safe to clear it. And when the world pours all that in you, you go to prayer and say, God, I got to get all this out of me. Why? Because I don't want my family. I don't want my kids. I don't want my wife. I don't want my church. I don't want my friends. I'm only getting a couple claps right here because some of us are so guilty. We keep ourselves full all the time. We never go to prayer. We never clear our weapon and we come out. Oh, you know what that weapon is for? That weapon is to shoot bullets at the enemy and say the devil is a liar. You'll not have my family. You'll not have my marriage. You'll not have my home. You'll not have my children. Oh. 
hear me? If some of y'all would talk to the devil like you talk to yourself, you'd already have him on the run. He'd be gone. He wouldn't be nowhere near you. But you give him a free ride and cuss out everybody else. No, go to prayer and cuss the devil out. The devil better get your hands off me. You're going to be mad you ever mess with me because I'm coming for your kingdom. I'm coming for your demons, your devils, and your imps. Hey! I pray a barrier around my home. I pray a barrier around my children. Why? Because abracadabra, as I speak, I create. I create. As I speak, I create. The devil can't have them. Why? Because I've created a barrier. I've created a wall. I've created... Uh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. The power is in what you say. Uh, I'm almost finished. You see, here's what happens. The enemy says it. The enemy will say it. Somebody else will say it. And then you say it. Or the enemy will say it. It'll get in your head pretty soon to come out of your mouth. And here's what the Bible says. This is a principle in the Bible that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So here comes the enemy telling you something. You hear it. You start believing it. You say it. Now it's established. You hear it? You see it? Because the devil knows the principle. If I can get in your head then I can get you to say it. And when you say it, now it's established. You've established the thing that was a lie from the very beginning because you didn't pray, Lord, set a guard over my lips. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care what I think. I refuse to say what I'm thinking. Uh, because I don't want to establish a thing. I don't want to establish, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether it's fact, or whether it's fiction, it's established. Yeah. The children of Israel get set free from bondage. They get to the land of promise. Twelve of them go in, and twelve of them will come out. Here's what they say. God was right. Man, this land surely floweth with milk and honey. We got one cluster of grapes, took two men to carry it out. You, it's just crazy. It is exactly what God, God was right about the land, but he was wrong about us. We can't do it. There's giants over there. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers in their sight, and their mouth destroyed their future. What they said, <laughs> What they said, you see that in one, in one paragraph, they complimented God on God's ability to prepare the land for them and then denied their self's entrance by the fear that lived in their mind that was established in their mouth. Oh my gosh. The fear in their minds was established in their mouth and all 10 of those men who the Bible says brought up an evil report died and their families. But there was only two men that were part of the 12 that said, we are well able. The land is ours. God promised it. I think we can go get it. They were the only two out of the 12 and their children. Do you see that? Their, their hope, their destiny, their future was saved by their voice. Whoa. 
Some of you are doing your children a disfavor by speaking the way you speak about your family and about your destiny and about your hope and about your future. It's not just you, sir, but if you don't walk into what God has planned for you, your children may never walk into what God has planned for them. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Yeah, I'm reminded of Jesus wanting to heal thousands, but couldn't because men whispered. Yeah. Mm. Abraham told Sarah. A Abraham told Sarah of his own fear. He said, the Lord said that, that, that we're going to have a child. And I, I don't think I can, and I don't think you can. Abraham, with his own mouth, told Sarah not only his inadequacy, but told Sarah her inadequacy. But he didn't understand abracadabra. He didn't understand that while I'm speaking to Sarah, I'm creating something in her. And he created in her a doubt and a fear. And the Bible says it was Sarah that brought Hagar to him. He didn't know. He didn't know that when he was telling Sarah of his inadequacy and her inadequacy, that he would create in her. And she brought Hagar to him, and he did not complain. You ever read the book of Job? Job had a yet prayer. Read, hey, do me a favor. Read past Job 4. Just keep reading. The book of Job is over 30 chapters. I know some of y'all surprised at that. Because we just read that first part about the devil coming and Job saying, yet shall I praise him. We're like, man, that's a good book. <laughs> I know Job gets it all back at the end. Why would I have to read it? Read it. Because Job... Didn't always have that praise. When Job was by himself, he was like, yet pray, he, though he slay me, yet. And then his friend showed up, and the Bible says they started talking. Be careful who you let talk to you. Because as they speak, they create. Oh, hear me. I, I thought five of y'all run the aisles right there. As they speak, they create. Be careful what you let people say to you. And here was Job, who just a few chapters ago was all about the Lord, and now he's weeping and crying, saying, God, why'd you do this to me? What changed his friend group? Yes, they got to talking. He was good till his friend showed up. Yeah, yeah. And you can go all the way to the end of the Bible. Go all the way to the end. The Bible says that those holy people that stood in white garments in a number that could not be numbered, about to walk into those heavenly gates and stand in his holy presence, the Bible says these are those that overcame him. These are the ones that did not take the mark. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word, the word of their testimony. You know how you're going to defeat the enemy today? By the blood of Jesus. And by the words of your mouth, you're going to have the victory today, not because I preach, but because you preach, because you say, I'm coming out of here. The devil is a liar. I will make it out. I am what God called me to be. I will have what God called me to have. I will walk in what God called me to walk in. I will live in what God called me to live in. I will take what God told me to take. I will have everything God said I will have. Woo! 
I'm almost finished. Somebody shout yes. Oh, you got to learn how to say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Sometimes the most powerful thing you can say is yes. When the Lord says it, you ought to just say yes. I don't understand everything, but yes. I don't get it all, but yes. I don't have all the blueprints or the directions, but yes. Uh, because a yes may be a creation of something totally unexpected. Look at your neighbor and say no. Ah, yeah. Sometimes you got to say no. Sometimes saying no builds a wall between you and the enemy. Just a no. A no will do. We don't need a whole bunch of words. Just no. A no is fine. No, kids, we're not going to have that in our home. That's enough. You, you ain't got to sit down and, and, and break it all down. You the man of the house, be the man of the house. Stop playing games. Well, my friends and Craig and them, I don't care about Craig and them. I don't care nothing about them. They're not, they're not my kids. I hope they go to heaven, but each man got to work out his own salvation. This is my house. And the answer is no. I'm sorry, but the answer is no. You can be mad, but you can, you can be mad. You can be mad mad. You can go to the car and cry. I don't care what you do. But I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is no. Oh, you would never do that. Ask them kids sitting over there. They'll tell you, when the, when the answer is no, the answer is no. It's not going to happen. We're not doing that in our home. You're not having that at this age. No, I'm not buying you that because you can't have that. No, you're not going to go over here. No, you're not going to hang out with them. I'm sorry. The answer is no. Why? Because as I speak, I create. And I got to create some boundaries in my life. I got to create some boundaries around me. I'm creating some things that cannot be seen with the naked eye. I'm creating things that cannot be seen. Uh, you can't just see it outright. But in the spirit realm, the enemy knows I can't go here because this is a man of God who said no. I'm creating. I'm a creator. When I speak, I create. <laughs> That's why... He said, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. Now, watch it. Watch that scripture. He was not speaking in present tense. He was speaking in, anybody want to help me with grammar? Future tense. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when, that's future tense. When I fall. That's letting the enemy know. I'm telling you right now, enemy, I know I'm a trip up. I know I'm a fall. Guaranteed. I'm, I'm not perfect. Ain't never going to be perfect. The only perfect man on the earth was Jesus. He died. He was a perfect man. Told 12 disciples. One of them was a devil. One of them was a fool. And the rest were cowards. So there is no way if Jesus couldn't get it all 100% right, I'm going to get it all 100% right. There's just no way. Rejoice not against me, O oh my enemy, for when I fall, I'm speaking humility because I know I'm not perfect. When I fall, I shall arise. See what I did there? I created in myself a humility, understanding that I'm not perfect and I'm not always having it right, but I also created for myself strength in the future. 
I reached way out there and I built myself an apparatus in the future that when I fall, there will be strength to pick me up. I created that. I created that when I said it, when I spoke it with authority and with power. Uh, I will not stay down. You're not going to keep me down. I already know that sometime out there in the future, when I fall, don't, don't you play the song. Don't you get the band together. Don't you rejoice. Don't you get the party streamers. You better not even smile because when I fall, know this, baby, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I might come down, but I'm coming back up. And when I get back up, I'm going to be like abracadabra, baby. When I speak, I create. Somebody, the devil's lied to some of y'all and told you you ain't never going to get back up, but you ought to get up today and say, Abracadabra, when I speak, I create, here I am. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Here I am. Remain standing. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. You thought you had me. Thought you had me. Oh, they beat Paul and Silas. Beat him. The Bible says beat him down with sticks. Brother Joey, the Bible said they beat him with sticks. I don't think they was talking about switches. I, I, I used to get beat with a switch. I believe if, if, if they were switches, the Bible would have said switches. The Bible, the Bible said sticks. These boys got beat with sticks. They're in the bottom of the prison. But the enemy made two mistakes. Number one, he let them stay together. Should have separated them. Because all we need is two or three. <laughs> Where two or three are gathered in his name. <laughs> and they should have gagged them. Oh, they should have taped their mouth shut. Because their strength was not in their hands, not in their feet, not in their muscles, not in their bones. Oh, who am I, who am I preaching to today that feels like the enemy just got you down? He just, he just got you. He's taking everything from you. You feel like there's no way out. You feel like there's no hope. And the enemy's just pushing down on you. And you feel like, oh, he's taking everything from me. Can you speak? Paul and Silas, their power, their power was not in their hands. They didn't know how to pick a lock. They, they, they weren't escape artists. These men weren't strictly strong. They had no, no superpower muscles. All they had was their voices. The Bible says, chain hand and feet to the floor of the dungeon. Hey, yeah. You talk? Just barely, man. My jaw's broken. Yeah, I saw that. Can you talk? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, they should have gagged us. What time is it? I don't know. I feel like it's about 1159. Okay, that gives us one minute. You ready? Yep. Mm. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. <laughs> you like that one? Oh, you sing another one? All right, let's sing another one now. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. What they didn't know is they were creating as their mouths gave God the praise. They were creating a seismic shift in the earth that would shake 
the prison. There was about to be a shaking. There was about to be a breaking. There was about to be an opening. And all they had was their voice. <laughs> and guess what? The prisoners heard them singing. And everyone that heard them, their doors were open too. Why? Because there was a creating in the words. Why? Because there was an abracadabra. As I speak, I create. As I speak, I create. And the enemy left you with your most powerful weapon. He may have taken your wife, your kids, your home, your money, your job, your life. He may have taken everything from you, but he left you with your most strongest weapon. He left you with a voice. <laughs> and you ought to just use it right now and say, Lord, I praise you. You ought to just use it right now and say, Lord, I glorify you. I magnify you. I worship you. You ought to say, Jesus, 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 because he's as close as the mention of his name. Come on, let it ring out. Let it ring out from the front to the back. Music can come. Let it ring out from the front to the back. I wonder if there's anybody here that would like to come to an altar today and just speak those things that are not as though they were. To speak with confidence and pray boldly a bold prayer. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.